me, comedian Eddie Hurst, and welcome to I Pod a Spell on You, the show where I, a man who has been banned from two separate putting courses for apparently presenting too much passion for the golfing community to handle, invite guests and you to join me as we utilise the very cutting edge of 1700s and past magic, spells and best guesses to solve all of our problems, or maybe even any of them. But wait! I hear you chant across the spectral realm to me. Why? And to that, I say, fair fair enough, actually. Uh, So, look, I'm currently working on a show titled Eddie Hurst's Wonderful Discovery of Witches in the County of Himself. And yes, thank you, it is a title that rolls off the tongue. And maybe it is a title that employs an economy of language that my uh, previous show, Eddie Hurst's comedy version of Jeff Wayne's musical version of H.G. Wells' literary version via Orson Welles' radio version and Steven Spielberg's film version of The World of Worlds, did not. In my last show and uh, the podcast that some of you may have listened to, I successfully put to bed 125 years of remakes, rip-offs and reboots of The War of the Worlds. So I think solving even just a single problem with magic is going to be much easier. But hey, enough about things that a rhetorical version of you set up purely for the sake of explaining the premise of the podcast didn't ask about. Let's get back to that thing that the fictionalised rhetorical version of you definitely did ask, which is... Why? I recently received a letter of grave importance. I've got it in an envelope here. It is, uh, Dear Mr. Hurst, uh, this is uh, your results of your ADHD assessment with diagnosis... No, sorry, that's not... Um, uh, just a note to my uh, editor, Ellen. Can you make sure that you edit that last bit out? Because I think it makes me look stupid reading the wrong letter and I don't really want the audience to think about that. It's a bit embarrassing, actually. No. Ah, yes, here's the letter. Write the first time. And no reason to think otherwise. Here we go. Uh, hi, Eddie, it's your mum. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I uh, made quite an interesting discovery uh, as I was going through our family history that it looks like we're related to some of the women involved in the Lancashire witch trials. Uh, they are Elizabeth Device and the Device family. I mean, if you're putting together an episode of Who Do You Think You Are, I, I'm just saying, for the next series, it's a, it's a hell of a find. For those of you that don't know, the Lancashire or Pendle witches were 20 men and largely women accused of witchcraft in the north of England in 1612, with a court document called The Wonderful Discovery of Witches in Lancaster being one of the first and most thorough documentations of witch trials in the country. 
This set a precedent throughout the land of uh, one taking the testimony of uh, children and people under 18 as oath in court and legitimate witness statement and also really put the path in place for witch finding that came about in the 1640s which is probably where people know a lot more of their understanding from it. So given this lineage uh, of mine that is this connection I find to women accused of something they could never prove nor disprove, a tight, close-knit community turning their backs on them, so naturally my uh, first takeaway is that I must also be magic and, and need to find some way to harness these deep, powerful reserves, what with having this definite don't pull the thread too hard, could be quite nice to suspend disbelief whilst also not being disrespectful to victims of what was institutionalised violence evidence. I have begun a journey to utilise my deep magic reserves of my ancestry to help guests on this podcast in whatever way I can. But some of you might be asking now, what even is magic, Eddie? How how does it work? Do you have you done it before? Do you have any qualifications? And first, I, f- I feel like within the f- first five minutes of the podcast, you're asking quite a lot of evidence. But okay, uh, so I understand that I need to learn more about this. And I thought, what better way to find out than by asking somebody who is a, a, a contemporary, current practitioner of magic. So I sat down with the writer and uh, practicing witch Jennifer Lane. She is on uh, social media as the Green Witch and shares her her magical journey there. As a writer, she's written for The Guardian and Vogue, to name a few magazines and publications. And she's also written three books, The Wheel, A Witch's Path Back to the Ancient Self, The Witch's Survival Guide, Spells for Stress and Burnout in the Modern World, and most recently, a young adult fiction novel, The Black Air. Concerning a, a, a concerning uh, set four hundred years set four hundred years after the uh, concerning the legend of a separate case of Lancashire witches and three girls living in the shadow of it in a rural northern town. Plus, Jen grew up in the Pendle area, which technically does make her a Pendle witch. So, in many ways, is is actually a Pendle witch. So, I don't think you could get a more exciting first guest on to try doing some magic for. The podcast is also very exciting for me because I finally, at long last, get to utilise the spooky special effects I have been saving up from various songs and sketches for a number of years, and I I really think they deserve a platform. Oh, I do regret that one, though. And also, on Halloween night, what could possibly be scarier than yet another comedian starting a podcast? So, uh, really excited to get uh, into this uh, chat with Jen. I think it's great. We chat about witchcraft. We chat neurodivergence. I don't know what that's about. I definitely wouldn't read some sort of metaphor into magic use for that. Uh, I I mean, I wouldn't do that. That's not for me to say about. Uh, And of course, this spell that Jennifer requests from me. Oh, it's a a tricky one, as you'd you'd imagine from someone who can cast their own spells. uh, Where it seems perhaps she is possessed by a glowing slab. Or is this merely a tool? for a thief of time. I'm so bad at starting. Like, every podcast interview I ever record is like a, hey, I'm not going to do a real, hey, welcome to the show, and then I do it, and then I have to tell people as I do it, I'm doing that. And I hate it every time. I'm so sorry, Jen, but welcome to the show. (laughs) (laughs) 
thanks for having me. Yes, thank you. Very, <laughs> please introduce yourself to the uh, listeners. Sure. So my name's Jennifer Lane. I'm an author and I'm a green witch. Um, I've written three books. Uh, my first book, The Wheel, was about seasonal living and how we can reconnect with nature and witchcraft for our mental health. And you've been on a book tour recently, is that right? I have. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> I'm... <laughs> Uh, so my first young adult novel came out a few weeks ago, so just in time for Halloween. It's called The Black Air. And I think I just write like really dark stuff because I, I was rereading it like you've obviously got to proof it at the end. Yeah. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, this is for teenagers. This is dark. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, more witches because I have a one topic. Yeah. <laughs> You've got one focus and that's fine. That's fine. What's the story about? So it's very loosely based on the Pendle Witches. Nice. It's about two young girls who were killed out on the moors for being witches in the 1600s. And it's about how their story affects the village in the modern day. So in the modern day, we have three young girls and they have a really toxic dark friendship with mm. some secrets. Oh. And it's interesting to see how witchcraft all plays into that. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's great. That sounds really exciting. And obviously, you know, what with me being, I've, I've recently found out that I'm related to the to the Pendle Witches. So, you know, this sounds right on my street. It's very appropriate. Very excited to find out about my family, what they've been up to, what they've mm. been doing. But of course, I am magic now. Uh, you know, I just found this out. It's a big change in my life. And I, it, it's great to have you on to sort of chat about this because I have no idea where to start with it. That's so okay. I'm you, happy to help. You are You are a witch. You are a green witch. And what does a green witch mean? So a green witch is someone who works with plants and herbs, um, usually in like a healing capacity. So whenever I'm out on a wildlife walk, I'm just like, ah, I better collect some of this okay. um, because that will be good for making me happy in the winter months or for maybe making a salve. So yeah, I'm always on the lookout for new herbs and plants. But I would say I'm a bit of an eclectic witch. I've kind of picked up different paths as I've gone okay. along because I've been practicing this for a very long time yeah. now for a I worked out the other day and it's it's 20 years. Whoa. So that's starting at quite a young age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I picked up quite a few things along the way. But because I'm a naturey person, like to live in the countryside, a green witchcraft is the one for me. Right. And when you are, like when you're going on the walks and you're picking things, for you, what's the important bit? Is it like if you're feeling in a particular way when you're there and you see a plant? and you're drawn to it, is that like the important part or is it also like the properties that that plant has? I'd say it's more about the properties okay. because I mean, when you go out on a walk, it really is hit and miss what you're going to see. Mm. So I think it's a case of knowing, having a really good knowledge of wildlife and wildflowers, yeah. making sure you're not picking anything poisonous. So sure, basically yeah. I just don't mess with mushrooms because I don't trust myself like okay. not to know <laughs> like yeah. what to pick. So I just leave them alone and stick to wildflowers. Okay, cool. What's your favorite wildflower? Sorry, I feel uh, like that's such a dumb so many. <laughs> Asking a green witch what their favourite flower is. Do you have a top five, top five? Or is this, devi is this divisive in the green witch community? <laughs> I really love a harebell, a dead nettle, which is good for bringing joy. I basically love the plants that bring joy and meadow sweet, which is great for like healing your gut, um, right. but also bringing like a lightness, okay. a light energy when, when things are feeling dark. So you do just find them on walks or do you have to order them or anything like that? And most of them, I'd say like 99%, I, I just, I just find you know even though we do live in this like really nature depleted country like you know mm. not gonna lie there is still a lot out there and yeah. like things like meadow sweet just grows along the canal near where i live so oh, wow. it's just it's just there and so you mentioned that there's loads of different types of witchcraft and i feel like there's phds that have been made probably <laughs> about like logging all the different types and things but if you could give a very general overview of what witchcraft is now 
in I guess in sort of a contrast to what it might have been like or what it might have been perceived as in the 1600s and prior to that and I guess maybe in the space between. Wow, I've made this so broad. <laughs> it's getting complicated. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I guess, like, yeah, as an, over, as an umbrella view of, like, what witchcraft means to you and how you would define it, I guess, what is it? So I think there's definite overlaps between old-style witchcraft and mm. new-style. Okay. I think the, the main focus that a lot of witches put on modern witchcraft mm. is the positivity element okay. and making sure that you're working with energies that are good because we already have so much bad in the world. Yeah, sure. Whereas I think that old-style witchcraft was about harnessing any energy to get yeah. to the means that you know harnessing those means to get to the outcome that you wanted i guess one of the things as well about as you're saying with the the herbs and the flowers and the powers that they have in terms of like selling the stomach of course and there's the medical ones but that like the the feelings and the emotional bit of it and the emotional energy of it i find really interesting like this is me i latch onto a topic and i go on a real deep dive and so I've been reading a lot about like 1600s and pre-magic and grimoires and spell books. But then one of the things that I find that I keep having to sort of check myself on is like the concept of germs, the concept of bacteria, the concept mm. of medicine as we understand it now, or like even, even like the, the police existing to do crime, like to, to, to provide any support for crime or something like that. They're not there. So when you're it's really interesting saying like the energy is like yeah you, there's so little power that i think people have but so much that they have to do themselves back in that time exactly and like one of the wonderful things about witchcraft i think is how much agency it gives you like you said there were there were no no police force there were no mm. like real doctors out in the out in the sticks so people had to really take these things into their own hands and yeah. like really know the medicinal properties of plants but also like they would know I just feel like people pre-technology were a lot more in touch with the world than we are today yeah, and they yeah. could maybe tune into different energies um, and like feel out whether those are good or bad and like I think now we call that intuition but yeah. I think that there's something a bit deeper to it as well and that witchcraft really taps into that it looks at the energies that are unseen but we can feel them still yeah and I wonder as well like because one of the things I'm trying to get my head around a bit, I guess, is like, I think there are, len there are loads of lenses to look through the same thing and they're all legitimate. I because that intuition, it makes sense that that would be something people have generally because it's, it's like, if you look at an evolutionary, like, that you adapt to the environment that you're in, that intuition is probably really useful because, like, as a creature, <laughs> you don't have to explain to somebody else really like at no point do you get stopped as you're surviving in a wild world to go wait hang on what are you thinking there what's your reasoning <laughs> it's more like you survive or you don't and that intuition yeah. which i don't know how you would track it in a sense that's like other than a, that you know it but that's a thing that's like a it's a real thing like i mean there's definitely been people that i've met in the past like there was someone that arrived in a workplace that i was working in yeah. and there was a voice in my head and it just said that that man is bad that right. man is bad. That man. Right. That man will ruin your life if you get involved. If, if you if you befriend this person. Yeah. And lo and behold, I did befriend that person. And no, 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 no. Things went badly. Oh no. <laughs> Should have listened to the intuition. Yeah. So ever since, I've been very, yeah. very careful about listening to that inner voice and like yeah. tuning into people's energies before I like sit down at the table with them. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Trust in the vibes, trust in your guts. Gotta do it. Yeah. So you're a writer and a witch and you do Reiki healing as well, which I, I guess for you, 
not that it doesn't for me because I know very little about Reiki in general but does that do you feel like that fits into your witchcraft practice and does that then fit in feed into the writing as well yeah I feel like it does so as a practicing witch so I you know I go around doing spells and Mm. you know all the various aspects of witchcraft but what I really wanted to do I had a very strong sense that I wanted to help people with it and you know to allow people to heal and one of the things that is commonly accepted in the world is like holistic healing and holistic practices so things like acupuncture things like aromatherapy for instance Mm. and reiki is one of those things on on the list and it feels like it's more acceptable so i even though i might have started saying oh i want to use my witchcraft to heal people with reiki i am still using that to an extent because I'm, I'm tuning into energies sure, yeah, and directing yeah. them. And I think that's what a lot of witchcraft is, is you set an intention. So my intention would be to help this person to heal and become more aligned and balanced. Yeah. And and then you okay. work with energy yeah. to direct it towards that person and help them heal. So I think that there is still like, there's an element of witchcraft in all energy healing. Right, and it feels right. like it was very in tune with what I wanted to do. Yeah, sure. Um, And also, like you said about whether it fits in with writing, and I feel like there is something like when I am writing, and I think other other writers can probably relate to this, is that you get into a little bit of a trance state. Like, you know, when you're in flow with anything, yeah, sure, you feel like, where did that time go? What's going on here? I feel like I've just lost a day. But that's how you feel when you're when you're writing. You're Mm. you're in that trance state and, you know, you're direct, you're focusing your energies on yeah. creating something something powerful hopefully yeah. Yeah, so yeah. yeah i feel like it all ties in together yeah absolutely and i think that's like that sort of you read so many things like but when people talk about flow state and it mm. feels very much like a work workplace thing you know yes. like as a boss like how on earth do we how can we harness the power of a bit like how do we use the energy of flow to yeah. to get more productivity and it's kind of like that completely closes out that like I don't know. I think with like with ADHD, there's like hyper focus stuff, which I think is like flow. I th- I think is probably can some form of flow where it's like you can just focus. It's great because you can focus on one thing for a while, but unfortunately, you can only focus on that one thing, and it's kind of like you've got to ride the wave because it's like I can finally remember to do a single thing in my life, and I need to remember to keep doing it because if I lose this now, I might fall off the board, and I don't know what to do then. But I feel like oh, I've lost the train of thought. Jesus, this that is the most ADHD sentence possible. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this thing about this is like, it's really good to focus on a thing and then you forget. Oh, what was it talking So like that hyper-focus or that having like a single thing that you're going through is actually a means of like not having to feel overwhelmed with so many things. Mm. So it's kind of like a, a coping strategy for overwhelming, which is a really pessimistic way of looking at <laughs> Interesting though, I hadn't like thought about it that way at all. But yeah, when yeah. you're hyper focused, like nothing else matters. Like you forget to eat, you forget to sleep. Like yeah, it's, yeah. But, but I mean, like, but the thing you're doing gets done. Yeah, right. And it feels great. Yeah. And I feel like so much dopamine. Yeah. I wonder what it was like living 1600s when there was so much less. Was there less to do? Maybe that your head just fills things in. Yeah, um, I, this is something that I've thought about so many times because yes, I think like nowadays, if we were just sat in front in, in our living rooms or mm. like even outside, there'd be so much less stimulation, but yeah. maybe that's because we're conditioned to 
tune out and dissociate more yeah. whereas maybe then we'd we'd be making connections we'd be we'd be learning we'd again we'd be learning about plants maybe yeah. if that was yeah, something yeah, yeah. that was around us but yeah i always wonder about that and also just thinking about like being maybe neurodivergent back then mm. as well and how maybe that could lead to some ostracization but also with me and like i i strongly identify like i i think i have autism mm. and with for me it means that my senses are so much stronger yeah, and yeah. just so much more sensitive mm. than neurotypical people yeah. and so when i go out in nature i can get absorbed very quickly in a yeah. flower in like a noise that i hear yeah, it just sure. completely consumes me and like a scent i will follow a scent almost yeah and it's just almost like i feel more in tune with nature because my senses are so heightened so i yeah. just wonder what other people's experience would have been like yeah and i guess at the same time like there's so many competing things in a cityscape in terms of sensory stuff because it's it's i think asd and adhd have a lot of overlap in terms of symptoms for sensory processing and it is in it's i'm saying this is like why, where is this information coming from in my head like it's, but the amount of like sensory stuff that you get in a city and in like a really built up area is like a lot that's it that's it's, my only point that's all i got no well i, I agree i agree yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so i wanted to so in uh, reading the, the wheel is you working in the city working in a sort of nine to five job realizing you don't like it and feeling drawn to to change your life and change your lifestyle from that would you maybe you should explain it rather than me <laughs> paraphrasing your work to you well, i love that realizing i don't like it um, <laughs> <laughs> so basically i had to well, undersell it dramatically <laughs> <laughs> so i think just i mean for, for so many years i've been working in offices mm. and thinking like why can't i do this like yeah. i just i just people around me seem to be able to cope with this yeah. much much better than me and so it got to the point where i was in my late 20s and i was i had an office job mm. and the environment was so on one hand it was so overstimulating yeah. because it was open plan and you could hear everything yeah, yeah so yeah. like trying to have a moment's peace to like focus on your work was just like insane but on the other hand it was so detached from nature mm. so in i think in the book i write about just like the view we had of this big concrete bridge that was just always like warming with traffic and like the only other view that we had was a car park yeah. and there were like there was no greenery visible it was just air conditioning all all year round and um, and i just mentioned before like they had their own signature scent that they would pump through the vents yeah. <laughs> and it was meant to resemble grass so you could like think that you were outside uh, it was very okay. bizarre and very yeah. like city yeah, yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, yeah. feel and i just I realized that I was at breaking point and that I was so disconnected from my love of nature yeah. and my passion for witchcraft that had started as a teenager. Um, and so I decided to make the break. I decided like this is that's enough. I'm I'm not doing this anymore. I'm dedicating some of my time. Yeah. So I took a few months off to reconnect and feel better and yeah. feel happy and whole again. So I want to ask one more thing of you, if that's okay, Jen. Of course. Um, which is how how do you how do you personally cast a spell? How would I? So I've obviously I've had a request from you for some spells, and I've got a few options for you that we can run through. But how would you? What's your advice for somebody casting a spell? What's like the things, the basic things that you need, or the yeah. So 
in witchcraft, some people say that you need quite a lot of tools to practice. So things like an athame, which is a ceremonial dagger. I have a wooden one and maybe a wand or some herbs. But actually, really, all you need is your intent. Okay. So you need a very strong like pinpoint focus when you are casting a spell to say, this is what I want. This is the result I want. And you can enhance that by practicing at different times of the month, the different like aspects of the moon. So if you want to let something go from your life, you would practice at the full moon. But if you're wanting to welcome something in, you would practice at the new moon. Right. So there's different like astrological lunar correspondences that you can use, but really all you need is yourself. Cool. cool. Do you need a salt circle or anything? Is that useful? Oh yeah, get a salt okay, circle. Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Every time. <laughs> cool. Great. So, can you remember what your spell request was? So basically, I really struggle with switching off. Yeah. And I spend a lot of time on TikTok. Hmm. I can't get myself off yeah. it, um, and I need help. Okay. Well, great. You've come to the right. What have you? Let's find out. <laughs> so. So what I what I do is I invite invite guests on and thank you so much for your time. And now that I am magic, now that I know I have magic in my bones, uh, I have been looking at loads of grimoires of the time to find some really helpful magic to to try and tackle these problems. Now, one of the issues, admittedly, is that a lot of this stuff was written 1600s, 1700s, and they didn't really have phones. So that's that was that I you know it tried to trick me tried to trip me up the first time. When Jen came to me with her problem, one thing I thought about a lot uh, was screens, which uh, is a pretty modern problem, isn't it? It's, it's, it, it? I'm not sure if it was something monks worried about, whether it was them literally writing about doom on a scroll, and, and that was where... It's definitely not where it carried on from, is it? And we do have screens everywhere. We have these little bits of light that are all on boards. They, they replace a lot of the printed posters that we see in the uh, more expensive parts of cities. They act as watches, as mirrors, and mine, for about the past month now, has been acting also as my wallet, because I, I can't... I can't seem to find my, my actual wallet, which is a, is a concern, but not one for right now. What it got me thinking of was a clip of Bjork taking apart a telly on Icelandic TV in 1988. I've, I've switched the t TV off, and now I want to see how it operates. Some of you might have seen this clip, in which case you will know exactly what I'm talking about. And perhaps, like me, it just unlocked a little memory locker in the storage system of your head. But for everyone else listening, I guess maybe... 40 to 60% of that sentence makes sense? It's a clip where the Icelandic singer-songwriter Björk, who was at that point uh, lead singer of alt-rock band Sugarcubes, takes some time out of her Christmas planning to tell us about her TV. I'm not just going to describe it because you should all go watch the clip, but she mentions how rather than light being projected on a screen at the cinema, a, a TV screen and all screens that we have at home really are made up of a series of different coloured lights, our eyes putting the images together like an ever-moving, always-changing mosaic. And I think that's a pretty cool way of describing it and also showing actually just how much work your eyes have to focus on in, in that ever-moving thing, especially when we think about relationships that we have with screens. It's one of those things that I cannot help but 
bind in my head anytime somebody mentions screens and things like that. And I think you as a listener should have to as well now. Uh, I think Bjork's great. I think it's one of those things that got shared around, like, what is she talking about? And actually then, I don't know, for me, you listen to it. Oh, yeah, this is a lovely, poetic way to consider television and our relationship to it. Uh, And it's also very funny because it's quite tongue-in-cheek. And that's, well, now that I've said that out loud, that sounds like a wildly pretentious way of a person actually describing that clip instead of just going, hey, take a look at this. But I also, I've also said that, so... I, I guess I guess I have both of them. Anyway, I, I showed so I showed the clip to Jen, and I think from this recording you can hear she is pretty impressed, and not just being polite because clearly I showed too much expectation as I shared the video. I feel like um, I will think about that all the time. Now. With phones as well and like LED screens, it is like. I don't know if it's true or not. The, like, the lines of like individual screens and that your head has to work to put those images together. Yeah, I can see how you get trapped in a doom scroll because your head has to put that stuff together and then you have the content. It's so true, isn't it? Yeah. So what I've been using uh, at the moment is Witchcraft Detected and Prevented. Have you ever seen this? I book? haven't. I'm very intrigued. I, I, I would lend this to you, but it is, I need it. Let me just open the book up. Witchcraft Detected and Ah, lovely. This book was originally published by Peter Buchan, or Bichon. There's a special type of terror of being dyslexic and seeing a a word that you've never heard out loud, and you realise that you're going to have to have a go at it. Published in 1823 with the premise of, as, as you might have guessed from the title, Detecting and Preventing Witchcraft. Or at least it said it was, but as you read it, there's not really that much about detecting it so much as having a real good stab at it yourself, which I have a lot of respect for. There's some advice and spells from Aristotle, uh, the famous Greek philosopher, you know, shaped a lot of Western thought, uh, explored morality. uh, So with that in mind, it it does seem on point that he would actually address piles. Apparently, if, if you stand on a lion's skin, that'll sort you out. That was philosopher Aristotle there. There's Saint Albertus Magnus, uh, a saint, bona fide saint, getting involved in witchcraft from the 1200s, talking about herbs and plant life. Uh, It turns out asbestos is fire resistant, which is not, he's not, he's not wrong, is he? He's not wrong. Some of the bits I might be tempted to mention as well, rather than just saying, there you go, but uh, hindsight's 2020. You know, there's something for the whole dark arts family here, but most importantly for me, It's a collection of spells going as far back as 343 BC to the late 1700s with advice of wildly varying degrees of both accuracy and authenticity. So the first one that I thought might be useful for you, because this is one of the things like we've we've had people requesting sleeping as well. And obviously when there's no electricity and your jobs are mostly manual labor, sleep doesn't seem to be that big an issue, which I would have thought, right, I would have thought it would be more because, you know, like the moon obviously has an impact a lot of the time, like people staying up because of the moon. I would have thought that there would be some concern, but apparently that was not an issue. So I've had to get a little more creative with this. And so the first thing that I had was that I was a little bit worried. So it seems like potentially there's a couple of things that are going on here that is keeping you on your phone when you're trying to switch off. So one of them might be some mischief by a charm 
So potentially, you know, the TikTok and the social media, there is some sort of spell that is trying to take you in for it. That makes sense. To actually figure this out. So I've got one, which is to find out a witch and prevent and cure mischief wrought by charms or witchcraft. So potentially somebody's putting a spell on you that might be might be something to watch out for. So a principal way for that, this is one principal way is to nail a horseshoe at the inside of the outermost threshold of your house. The inside of the outermost threshold. Yeah, let's break that down, actually. One thing I do love about, like, this sort of old... Is, like, mischief as, like, a real threat. Because in... in as you've, you've read the court documents for Lancashire Witch Trials, and they, they accuse them of mischief, which I really think mischaracterizes <laughs> the gravity of what they think they're accused of. Just a little bit naughty, yeah, weren't just, they? Yeah, just be a bit cheeky. Just be a bit of a cheeky goblin. And it's like, um, I don't know, if you believe in they've done what they've done, I don't think it should be mischief, but fine. Mischief meant different. But I love that you'd go to, like... The lord of the land and be like this person's doing mischief can you stop them please i feel like, like some mischief has been done against me yeah there's been foul mischief <laughs> so the in at the inside of the outermost threshold of your house so i think that is the inside bit of your door before you go outside do you have a, like a single door or have you got like a little you know like some sometimes you get like the portal where like the airlock i like to think about i don't have a porch okay. i've got just one door just one door yeah, okay yeah. so that door i think what you'd want to do is nail a horseshoe there and if you if you mark it you shall find that the rule is observed in many country houses because that's you know i don't know if you've a lot of like tudor houses and things like that when people go renovating or restoring them do find stuff like this you know like a mummified cat in oh yeah I'm thinking, you know a, a mummified cat <laughs> like that's just <laughs> the thing is i do know yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mummified cats, shoes. Yes. All yeah, sorts. Shoes were big. They love shoes, big don't boot, they? Big boot life going in there, which is, and then like a, a, a bottle of nails as well. That's like quite a, a big one as well. Yeah, I've, full I've, of wee. Yeah, yeah. Wee, blood, and nails. Important. That was, it's basically, you put the most disgusting things inside, and that is meant to oh. repulse the demons. Oh, right. And they're going to go, oh, I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to go near there. That's great. I like that the demons have the same morality, though. Because, like, nowadays, I feel like so much of, like, what a demon it would be like if you flip it. It's like, no, that's what they like. <laughs> no, you're giving them the things they like. Whereas then it's like, oh, no, they'll find it horrible, too. Because we're on the same level. Yeah. They're yeah. just trying to do great. So, so, how, so, I've got you a horseshoe that I've made. Oh, my God. Here it is. Here you go, because wow. it is actually quite tricky to find an actual horseshoe in this day and age. Thank you. Um, this is so shiny. Yeah, of course. Uh, there'll be a now, you could use this potentially. However, I, I, I left a bit out that I think is important to mention, is that once you put it inside the outermost threshold of your house, no witch will have the power to enter it. Oh, no. So that's going to be tough for you. Uh, because do I have to use the back door? I think so. I was. This was my follow-up question, is do you have other doors that you could get in and out from? I do. I've got windows as well. Okay. How big an imposition in, in on your life is that to, to not use the front door anymore? It could be a problem. Okay. That's fine. You, you know, don't say anymore. I get it. <laughs> Let, let's let's leave the horseshoe to the side then. But I do need to get off TikTok, so. Okay. <laughs> well, okay, all right. Well, you will be stuck outside of your house. Or, well, it's kind of that thing in it, whereas if you put it in, you can stay in or you can stay out. The hokey cokey conundrum, I think is what that's called. <laughs> so the alternative is that I think somebody's stealing your time. To find out a thief and make hint or her bring back the goods stolen. Pretty sure that's him or her. 
but because <laughs> I didn't quite like when I, when I started reading that, I thought, oh, just hint that they should bring it back. It's quite actually quite a nice, like really passive way of just being like, can you bring back the stuff you stole, please? But uh, no, it's not him. It's bring back him or her. Stole. It's a typo. Okay. Okay. Yeah, right. So in which case for this. You must set down and um, did you? Uh, so you must set down the day, hour, and minute if you can when the goods were stolen. Okay, so here's what we need to do. First thing first, we need to write down the particular times when the 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 inciting incident has happened. Okay, so this is I would say it's pretty much the same every day. Okay. Okay. Started two week two weeks ago. Oh, yes. Okay. So thank you. So we arranged this interview two weeks ago, and at that time I said if you can keep a track of when you have had particularly rough times, or if there is a particular time in the day, let me know. And this is great. Okay. <laughs> so it starts in the morning. I'd say nine thirty. Okay. Is that when you wake up? We're at risk of just doing the, the, the Mark Wahlberg, what's your day like? <laughs> this is when I've probably been at my desk for maybe an hour. Okay, okay. And I'm like, oh, I've done an hour now. I a little treat. A little treat. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. A little treat tends to last half an hour. The siren call of the treat. <laughs> that's it. Okay. okay, so that's half an hour. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, and then ne- when have we got it next? Midday. Okay. For a whole hour. One hour. And then that's is, that lunch? is that lunch that's hour? That's lunch. Okay. That's lunch. And that's that's me like not watching anything interesting. Okay. It's, what do you get? I, I, I'm assuming you get a lot of witch, witch talk stuff. I do, but I sort of, I tried to, I, for some reason I've started to avoid it. And I'm I, for some reason I'm on like gossip sites now. Like that's how bad it is. Whoa, I have never done this in my life, but I have to find out about Taylor Swift. Oh yeah, it's a slippery slope though, it's, isn't it? It's a problem. Ellen, have you are you on the Swifty train? It's yeah, a whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So yeah, I have to find out the latest news in Taylor Swifton. Sure. Which could take an hour, it could take more. Sure. Sometimes I'd say an hour fifteen. Okay, okay. And that's that's specifically Taylor Swift related yes. gossip. Okay. Yes. So she is a culprit. She's a witch. She's a witch. Thing, like, dun, 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 dun. Oh my <laughs> god! Is it her? Maybe. Maybe we'll find. Well, look. Let's let's okay, carry on. Okay, let's okay. carry on. So I'm probably usually okay in the afternoon. Okay. I'm like I've I've got other distractions. Great. But in the evenings, sometimes I can be on my phone from eight thirty till ten thirty. Okay. Easily. And, and how often is that? Like. Oh, if I don't if I don't have to leave the house, that okay. is every day. Right. 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 Okay. See, you see the extent of the problem here. I do, yes. Yeah. Okay, so what have we got there? We've got an hour, hour and a half, two hours. So, yeah, I don't want to look at your screen time app. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so set down the hour, day, and minute, if you can, when the goods were stolen. So I think we've got close. We got pretty close. close yeah. It only says minute if you can. So I wouldn't, let's not, we've got, we've got the general gist. And the name of the planet ruling the day. Oh, so let's say it was... So when what what was the day that you asked me to do the spell? Because I think we go from there because that's when you noticed something was going on. What did we? What was it? Was it like a Wednesday? Do you want to say? Yeah, let's say Wednesday. Let's say Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. Wednesday's ruled over by Mercury. Is that right? Let's find out. Hey. hey! Hey! Oh my god, what a reputational <laughs> Right, okay, so we've got Mercury. So, the planet ruling the day, as I have set down to direct you. Don't worry about that. This being done, set down the following characters in a fair piece of parchment. Now, can you help me with this? Because I don't know what this means. So, we've got a fair piece of parchment. Is it fair? Would you say that's fair? I say that's fair. Okay, that yeah. feels like such a mad, like a magician. <laughs> like, do these cards look all right to you? 
So, fair piece of parchment. So, we need to set down the following characters. Of the character of the moon? It's, it's well, it's it's literally just in, in, in astrology, mm. I believe it's represented just by a circle. Okay. Is that right? I'm going to say, are you, I'm not you an astrologer, infinitely so... know more about this than me. Oh God, I don't know. I think it, I think it's just a circle. Okay. But astrologers will, this will feels, come this at me. This feels like a witch pub quiz, doesn't I it? I know. <laughs> I wish I'd swatted up. No, don't worry. So we'll put the circle. Okay. So we've got the circle of the moon. Sun. I think that is a circle with a dot in the middle. Ooh. Okay. So we've got Saturn, the figure of a star, which of course is a pen. of course we know. we know that one. We know that one. A M. This looks like it's going to help me already. I feel like it's it's working. This done. We need to turn around three times. Oh, hold on. Oh, no, yeah, so you're going to go that way. I'll go this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. One, two. two, three. Okay, how are you feeling now? Okay? Dizzy? dizzy? Yeah, a little bit dizzy. dizzy. Good. That's how you know it's working. Now, if you hear no news in 44 hours of the thief, so if Tay Tay doesn't get in touch with you, or if another person doesn't apologize to you, then prick the parchment full of holes and hang it up in the chimney. Do you have a chimney? That could be an issue. We're going to do the Santa Claus movie rules where it can transform. So if you choose some, if you put it by a boiler or something, like okay. your heater. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. That, right, sounds, good, that good. sounds right. Okay. Uh, or where the heat of the fire may a little scorch it. Okay, I so can do that. So potentially could put it over the cooker or something as well. That's yep. an option. Do you have a gas cooker? I or do have it? a gas cooker. Hey, here we go. Now we're talking. Yeah. And the thief is held to be so restless in their mind and tormented that he or he, which I'm assuming is he or she, uh, will discover the thief to be at ease or bringing home your goods, throw them privately into your house or someplace appertaining to you. Are you saying that Taylor Swift's going to turn up at my house? Potentially, or spiritually at least, sugar. I'm not sure how you return time, but I'm just saying, you know, you'll need to let us know if this happens. Because if this does happen as the first spell I do, this is an absolute result. I'm very excited about this. I can't wait. So here it is. This is the first time that I get to give somebody a spell as well. This is very exciting. Thank you for being I feel like you've, you've been a, a real guide with this. So here, here it is. Now remember, in 44 hours... 44. If you don't hear anything, prick that, pop it near a hot spot, and then let me know if they get in touch with you. So that could be Taylor. That could be any... It could be the CEO of TikTok, maybe, as well. Oh, no. Um, that would be scarier, I think. Yeah, well, I'm assuming it'd just be from the office, like saying sorry. Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. Oh, like um, an, an apology. Oh, that's nice. That'd be, I hope so. Or, or they can give you the time back in an area appertaining to you. <laughs> if you, if someone were to return time for you, where would you like that time to go? Oh, into my sleep, please. Okay. More sleep. Well, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. This is beautiful. Look at this spell. So let me know if that works. I hope it does. I have a feeling it will. Good. Okay. I'll report back. But if it doesn't, that's fine too, because, you know, I need to figure out what sort of magic I can do. And it might be that I can't figure out thieves. I I think we know that you can. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on, Jen. Is there anything at the moment you you would like to advertise? Anything out? Anything? Where can people find you? Uh, people can find me. So I'm most active on Instagram. So you can find me at the Green Witch Writer. And I have a newsletter that goes out several times a year um, on every pagan festival. So the next big one is Samhain, Halloween. Yeah. And you can subscribe to that from my Instagram. Amazing. Thank you. So there we have it. Thank you so much, Jen, for coming on the show and talking to me about your writing, about your life, about witchcraft. And I do feel like I, I know a little bit more about uh, practicing contemporary witchcraft. Um, and I'm also uh, really looking forward to, to seeing how my, how my spell worked out in helping her. So I've just got the got the, the message that she sent me uh, afterwards for that. Uh, so let's have a listen. How's that gone? Hi, Eddie. How are you? I just wanted to drop you a message because I think the spell worked. 
I haven't been online this week and it's been very weird but also fantastic. I think the horseshoe's done the trick. Yes! Another victory for Eddie Hurst. Chalk it up on the board. Great. Well, uh, now I know now I know how that works. I feel completely in control and able to deal with matters of sleep uh, in a metaphysical sense. Uh, thank you so much for Jen for coming on. Please do follow her on Instagram and on social medias. She is at the Green Witch Writer um, and buy her books. Uh, she's got three out at the moment. She has the Wheel. She has the Witch's Survival Guide and also the Black Air. You know, we're moving right on to another fantastic guest. We've got Alice Christina Corrigan, who is a theatre maker, a writer, and an actor in a very exciting project that I'm still not sure if she's allowed to announce what what it is. Uh, but we we talk about that, um, and I look forward to seeing what is and isn't in that chat because we did have to edit some of it out for publicity's sake. So you know, there's two types of scary tension. That one sounds like I could have just done it, actually. And also, I get to try some more spells about trying to get off to sleep, uh, which, you know, is a really 21st century problem, and not not in like a... in, in a way that's kind of like, well, yeah, everything was dark back then, and everybody had to walk everywhere. Of course they were tired, but I don't know. It's still surprising that not a single person seems to have had trouble sleeping. I thought insomnia was still a thing. Like, it's still a word. It sounds like an old word, insomnia, doesn't it? So you'd have thought they'd have tried it, but... Nowhere in the spell books. Anyway, there you go. So, thank you so much for listening to I Pod a Spell on You. I've been Eddie Hurst. We've been produced by Ellen McLeod. Thank you also for the support from the Lowry Salford and Arts Council England for making this show possible. Uh, you can follow me on uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Twitter slash X. I still don't like calling it that, but I'm at EDY Hurst, or you can uh, go on my website, which is eddiehurst.co.uk, for information about this podcast and all the other things I'm up to. And if you've enjoyed the podcast and you'd like to see what I do with this a similar premise in a live setting, why not come see the show in a work in progress preview format at Leicester Comedy Fest on the 17th of February at Attenborough Arts Centre in Leicester? Tickets are available and will be in the info section. Can you hear that noise? I'm just going to go. Oi! Oi! VBs! Yeah, you, stop! Stop the Venga... Is that the... I'm trying to finish the podcast, alright? Alright, th- thanks. I'll just be a minute. Ay, ay, ay. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Hey, hey, hey.